Hello, everyone, and welcome to Flickin' Real, your friendly neighborhood fancast. We are your source for news, reviews, and daily discourse. I am your host, Jesse Swift, accompanied, as always, by Mr. Scott Fox. How are you, Scott? I am fantastic. Before we go forward, shout out to our host, Jesse Swift, for making the Schmodown draft. Congratulations, Jesse. We, we hope you represent Flickin' Real well. Thank you very much. And I'll just use this opportunity to plug the Schmodown real quick. If you guys have not heard of the movie trivia Schmodown, it is one of the most entertaining uh, movie related things out there on the internet right now. Uh, if you like trivia, if you like the dynamic and drama and storylines of wrestling or uh, just some of the analytics of sports, it is all there for you in the movie trivia Schmodown. Look up schmoes entertainment network on youtube or the schmodown and you will find them subscribe and soon enough you will see me in some matches and hopefully going after that inner geekdom title belts if you have any more questions leave them in the comments down below scott thank you for that plug opportunity all right um episode four of wandavision is called we interrupt this program but speaking of interrupting programs uh really quickly listeners are you on the go and rarely sitting down long enough to watch a podcast don't worry we have you covered you can also find us on anchor spotify google Podcasts, breaker pocket Casts, and radio public also now you can find us on stereo just look up flick in real if you want to hear from us anytime we have a little short conversation, maybe talking Schmodown, maybe talking WandaVision, who knows, but look forward to that. Thank you very much. And all of our links can be found in the description below. But as I said, episode four is called We Interrupt This Program, which interesting, Scott, I do not know if you noticed, but when the first two episodes dropped, they were just titled episode one and episode two. Now, when you look at the episodes, all episodes have titles. And they are um, uh, filmed before a live studio audience is episode one. Don't touch that dial is episode two. And now in color was episode three, but I think that one we did know last week. All righty. So with all that good stuff out of the way, Scott, big, big episode this week. Absolutely. Uh, and this one started literally credits and, and there you're in it. And, not just like, you know, obviously that's how every show goes. But in this one, we got to see something we didn't get to see in the movies. We got to see the 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 re the re-snap, the unsnapping, where suddenly all the dust particles come back together and we get to see um Monica Rambeau piece back together and wake up in a hospital room five years later, completely and great thing we get to see is the confusion of what just happened for everybody. Uh, the hospital is an absolute madhouse because you've got patients that died five years ago or you disappeared could, five years ago coming back. You could have people reappearing in beds that somebody is already occupying. Oh, people reappearing in bed. She was in a chair, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but you think how all these people coming back after five years, half the population of the planet is now just here. Um, but with that, we find some very, it was cool to get to have that revealed, but sadly the situation for Monica was that she came back after having been at the hospital because her mother, Maria Rambo, um, was 
diagnosed with cancer and was going through treatments and she gets snapped. She leaves and comes back and her mom's not there only to find out her mom survived the cancer, but it returned three years or two years later after she went missing. And then the cancer returned, she dies. And that's been three years before. And you to see Monica processing all this information, trying to figure out what, what are you even talking about? Amidst all the chaos, like people just running around screaming, the hospital being far past capacity. Um, and just kind of the general relevance to uh, current day right now with uh, that kind of environment in the hospitals was it's, it's a little close to home. This was one of those moments where we got to see the post-snap in a completely different way. Um, and, and that's something we didn't get in anything. All we saw was just all the heroes come back. Right. And we saw a little bit of what life would look like afterward. Um, Scott Lang's daughter. We got um, Peter Parker reuniting with some friends in high school. But Monica and- Rambo coming out, we get a personal account. Even when we saw them come back, it was through the portals after they had already technically come back, right? We didn't get to see them materialize and stuff like that. Uh, what was really cool Correct. about this intro is that it had been reported that the the grand total of the WandaVision series cost about $220 million. After watching the first few episodes, understandably, several people said, where? <laughs> Uh, I think we're starting to see it, and I think we're going to see it for the rest of the season. Oh, it, yeah. It went from sitcom to movie very fast. Uh, the Oh, absolutely. This had totally a movie feel versus the the sitcom feel. It's no longer – the sitcom is a premise within this larger movie, um, and it's, it's used as a plot tool, but that's not the way the first two episodes and then the third episode was kind of the weird transition of starting to – pull back what's going on and this one we got the full step back we're looking at what's happening in the inside uh in this in the sitcom in that little reality bubble from the inside which was so cool to see i also really enjoyed that from there we transition into getting our first real look at sword and we find out that maria rambeau was the founder of sword much like uh peggy carter and howard stark helped found shield uh and we get to we get to find out that there's a new director because there's no one to really take up the mantle after Maria left, or well not left past I should say. Um, and I, I like the dichotomy there. And from there we find out that they do deal with uh, space operations, but some of their focuses have shifted in the last few years. And Maria had set in place that if any of the sword agents return from the snap somehow that they are to be grounded. And so they give Monica a new task, something that seems kind of uh, demeaning or beneath her, but then she meets up with a recurring character. um, And there's a couple recurring characters that I want to talk about, but uh, let's talk about Jimmy Woo for a second. Yeah, uh, the... the, I I like the way he kind of comes into the story as an FBI agent. and the conversation he has with the uh, state troopers, like this weird town of Westview is not only no longer in existence, like the people around it believe that it never even belonged. Uh, the, the sheriff's like, it, it's not even with the sign right yeah, there. This, the sign's right there. And he's like, there is no Westview. Well, where are you guys from? We're from Eastview. <laughs> like, like, okay. 
it seems weird to have an east view if there's no west view but uh the those officers don't even believe the town exists at all and so it speaks to something's going on in this bubble that is creating this uh, uh just a whole different dimension yeah dimension yeah and it's one of these things where um as they fly the drone into it they do some of this other stuff we we get to see this um kind of the first glimpse that we don't know what we're dealing with here and this is out of and it seemed weird that the fbi would for a uh, uh, missing persons call sword but then at the same time it's not just a missing person it's a missing town right like nobody can even get into it so uh, and everyone's forgotten it even existed uh, and I know early on in the series, you were curious if Westview was even a real town. And now we see that it was a real town. It's been wiped from reality, essentially. Yeah. Um, and one thing before we, we push forward, um, I want to say about Jimmy, which I had to be pointed out to me. I missed it. I was a little distracted. I think my first time watching this. But did you catch um, when he introduces himself like as an FBI agent, what he does with his card? Oh, yeah. He, almost like a magic trick. He flips it out. But... Do you, do you know why that's significant? Huh. Uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, he was very impressed with Scott Lang's magic tricks, and he asked him how he did that and how he would, like, make the card appear. And so people are saying, what's the greatest uh, character arc in the MCU is Jimmy Woo learning his magic trick. It's a subtle thing, but it's things like that that really show how attentive Kevin Feige and everyone behind these productions are to uh, the storyline and we rave about his up. we rave about Kevin Foyer's production ability every Fijiji. week. Yeah, Fiji. And he uh Kevin Fahidi. <laughs> but that something subtle like that that your average person would wouldn't even really think about, but for that character, it makes a difference. And um and it ties continuity-wise to the arc of that character's story through different movies. Um and so yeah, there's uh there's something cool going on there right after that is where we see the helicopter go in so she takes the drone launches it into the thing and it disappears which is also the mini helicopter but it's been transformed inside right. the bubble from and i think that's episode two yes. and that's the first thing in color in the series but it's not the one she set down it's it, been morphed on the inside right um uh, go ahead go, oh um, I was just gonna say, yeah, we see we see that, and then um, uh, Jimmy keeps uh, warning her because she's reaching out and kind of touching. And I would just say the effect of the energy field. I'm sorry, we have cat on table. Um, the effect of the energy table, much like kind of what I have behind uh, here, is a really cool effect. And she gets her hand through it, and then it's almost like something reaches in and just yanks her in. She doesn't walk through. It's not a willing transition. She gets yanked into uh, Westview. And af after this, I believe shortly is when we see the group of scientists coming to the new sword base in the van. Yeah, and, and we see the, so she gets sucked in. Immediately, Jimmy Woo's got to make a call and he gets a hold of sword. And then it cuts directly to, now we have a full operation. government operation. Yeah. They're setting up, uh, they're doing radiation testing. They're trying to uh, study all this stuff. And that's where we see one of the best returning characters uh, having Darcy come back, uh, Darcy Lewis come yes. back. 
as and now a doctor. She's not just uh, Mrs. Lewis, it's Dr. Lewis. And she's a doctor of ast astrophysics and she's brought in to kind of read what's happening and give a, uh, a more, a different type of assessment. And she, when she gets there, she asks, you have my equipment. Like they knew that she needed specific gear set up to read this well in advance. Um, and her, her delivery, her sense of humor, her, her comedy. Uh, can I get that coffee now? Nope. Yeah. Nobody, anybody. <laughs> uh, I like that. She's she so good. I like that she was able to very quickly assess that they had like five experts in their field, four, four or five experts in their field coming to sword. And she's like, okay, so they have no idea what's going on. Correct. Her ability to assess the situation and what sword's doing was like instantaneous. The second she realized we have all these randoms that are disconnected means right. that these guys don't know what's actually happening, uh, which is true. Yeah. And then I think at one point, I don't know if it's directly after this or a little bit later, she asked one of the guys, you know, have you seen anything or can you see anything? And they're like, that's classified. And like, oh, nothing? You got <laughs> you really can't see anything. Um, and then as she's getting into investigating um how to see inside this, you know, this bubble dimensions, pocket dimension, uh, they send a guy through a manhole cover, base essentially, to try to go underneath the force field and see if that works and jimmy uh being a cautious one again is warning uh warning against it because he's like we have no idea if this goes underneath or if it's just above and we get yeah. to see how that ties into the ending of episode two with what we saw to be a beekeeper uh do you want to talk about the scene a little bit um well it's something that's also harkened back to later in the episode so we see the guy go in but then they cut back to him later on after some more has been revealed uh but this is where we also see the transformation that happens when you pass the barrier so when you pass the barrier whatever you're you have in the outer world is gone and now your clothing uh the the time frame of it the accessories of it he comes in in a beekeeper suit and his rope that tied him together that went in changes into a jump rope and then it stays a jump rope as it comes back out so it alters reality um which also harkens to um the fact that monica rambeau at the end of the last episode she gets sent out and she's still in the 60s 70s or she's still wearing the 70s garb wearing her fish her, bell bottoms her clothing didn't change when she came back out so whatever happens when you go through stays when you come back out and which so there's a shift raises there. some questions if so, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, I'll just throw this out here real quick. We won't take, spend a lot of time on it, but if something that is dead or gone is brought back to life in this world or something that shouldn't and couldn't exist is brought to life here and it passes through that portal, what happens? Very curious. Well, we're, we could jump ahead a little ways, but there's well, th that moment in the show. Th but that's true. There's a lot of things that we don't know how this affects long-term. Right. right. Um, also with Darcy, we see that she's got the technology. She asked for a, a camera or a, uh, she picks up a frequency, a broadcast frequency. She asked for the old, she goes, I need a camera or I need a, a television and not a flat one, like yeah. an old one. Old two bucks. Yeah. And then we get to see her, uh, they, they're watching it, but she's taking notes, which are also in episode one, we see somebody taking notes and it turns out that's Darcy. Right, which some people had speculated because they said it looked like a uh, potentially feminine hand, and then there had been rumors that Kat Dennings was cast in the show. Uh, some people were able to put it together a little quicker 
than we were but that was cool to see that they use the exact same shot tied in with the music from the end of the first episode and they do that probably about three or four times in the show where we see the same shot from previous episodes either identical or from a different perspective like with the with the beekeeper suit or with um jimmy jimmy Wu reaching out to wanda which is something we can lead into now well even with the beekeeper when he comes out of the hole we see him looking back we saw him from the perspective of wanda first and then this one when he comes out we see over his shoulder where you can see wanda and again it's the no and then something happens which i also want to bring up here later because there's there's something weird about that in this episode Mm -hmm. Uh, but they start watching um, using the old TV. They they're able to actually watch WandaVision as a show, um, as the sitcom, much like we have been. Uh, and watching them kind of get invested in the storyline is uh, funny. And then um, they start they start recognizing people, and so they start making like a dossier dossier on on the wall and putting together some of the missing people and who they're playing in the show. And somebody said I missed it, but in the background. Um, Agnes does not have an identif- identification card. No, no, no. Agnes nor Dottie. Right. So neither one of those. Those are the only two that we've seen that didn't get identified as to who they are in this story. I'm wondering if one of those two is our missing FBI missing persons. Maybe. Um, and so, but we started getting, we got literally everybody in there that we've seen on uh, camera. We, the, the couple, um hard was it? I had uh Todd and Sharon Davis, the married oh, right. couple from episode one. Mm-hmm. Um we got uh John Collins who uh, plays Herb. Uh all these people, and I started like, okay, are any of these people other types of characters? Um Abalash Tandem, who plays Norm, <laughs> which you know, everyone in those shows always has a basic norm type name. Right. They Herb, Norm, John. Um but then we, uh, Harold Copter was Dottie's husband, the guy with the mustache who had the best line of episode three of, oh, thank God. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then uh, also Beverly was, uh, or Isabella uh, Matsueda, she was, uh, she played Beverly. Um, and so we, all these characters are now, like you said, they're on the board. There's a huge board with pictures of everyone with their ID as soon as they can find it. And you got to think, if there's a group of people who can draft, track down who you are with technology especially with it's FBI MCU technology it's the sword. FBI and sword literally the uh, cat starts searching some of these people instantaneously and is like boom got him got him got him and she's using facial recognition software everything but the fact that they can't peg uh dotty or i guess uh, agnes is on the board with no id and then dotty's not listed even right. though she's not on the board yet so um, I'm looking at a picture of the board. Two potential question marks. Correct. With those two characters, we don't know who they are yet. Or do we? <laughs> but uh, I think oh. there's just lends more credence to that. Um, our theory is that I, and I think everyone at this point is mm, on board with Agnes more than likely being Agatha Harkness. But uh, we will find out more about that now. Um, help me a little bit. I'm trying to transition into how we... So they, so they see... Uh, Monica as a background character in in one of the episodes and then uh, later she's talking with Wanda and they're like oh she's been upgraded to a speaking role yes (laughs) Um, so she's a background character uh, in episode one and then episode two 
at the luncheon, she's having a conversation with Wanda at Dottie's house where she's told, can you guys keep the chatter down just a little bit? Yeah. And that's also where we find out, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, I don't know what they, I'm doing here. Uh, Jimmy is asking, well, what, what she's saying. I guess she likes Wanda's pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love your pants. Um, and, which I think with, leads into um, Darcy figuring out that, um, well, there's a radio here. I wonder if we can like match frequencies and stuff. If possibly you could reach out to Wanda through the radio, which is something we saw a little bit of in episode two when it, when it initially aired. And now we get to see uh, from this other perspective, which leads to some interesting, um, we'll say kind of glitches in the matrix, so to speak. Yeah. And there, uh, yes. So with that radio and those questions, that's where we see the, the glass break when, but something was noted that I read about is the radio transmission that agent Wu uh, sends is not what comes through the other side. It's been filtered a little bit in some way. Interesting. Um, so what is stated is not the same as what comes through. Uh, and I, I need to give another look, another listen, but I, I read that online, multiple sources stating that it was not the exact same as it came through. But um, with that, when that moment happens, we see Wanda almost, she does not like the, the curtain being pulled back on no. what she's got going on. Of course, I don't want to hint too much about what's going on because in one of these scenes, we also have a list of different things that might be causing this. And even in that, what, uh, who is behind this? We have written down scrolls. Right. Uh, there's some other things listed there that it's like, okay, now we're starting to get a, a board up of what's, what are all the little things behind this? Who do we know? What, what's happening? And they're trying to put it together. Uh, one of the questions on the board, why an octagon? Because now we have an over. Did you notice early in the episode that sword? Yeah. Their base swords headquarters Ooh. is an octagon was um, it octagon or hexagon octagon the shapes the shapes in the wandavision shapes are hexagons because people are making the connection that wanda is known for her hex powers and wondering if that's correlated to the hexagons uh the the I believe the area they're in is in the shape of an octagon okay um because he even writes on the board why an octagon and then there's an image of the uh of sword from early in the episode when they kind of fly in you see the top view of it and yeah. it's in the same octagon shape interesting it subtle but it's just something that struck me because they're, they're trying to figure it out and on the board of questions is why an octagon uh who's behind it and then also sword is a, is the same shape unless this whole thing is a ufc cage match but who knows? <laughs> um, but then uh, we're also in this. Uh, so right after this, we start to see uh, that's where they do the radio transmission. Sorry, I, I was trying to remember where we were. The radio transmission. This is where uh, Agent Wu starts trying to talk in, and where we see Dottie cut her hand and uh, want to kind of get frazzled for the first time in what's happening. But interest, like we missed the the cut when after after jimmy starts like breaking in um it, it skips it, it it completely cuts in the transmission that darcy's watching and so she doesn't know clearly if wanda even heard it or 
what happened she's like uh i guess just come back in like they don't they don't know yeah well later on we find out somebody's editing the show right is what it seems like uh and so this question is why oh on the board also the question why a sitcom <laughs> which is fun because a lot of myself, fans were watching or had the same question well and i want to I just want to throw this out as an idea. Sitcoms are notorious for being the, the like, oh, it's the perfect life, right. right? In the sitcom, everything is perfect. Everything looks the way it's supposed to, sounds the way it's supposed to. Your life is ideal. And if this is supposed to be an idyllic kind of life for Wanda and Vision, then maybe she's trying to present this perfect idea of maybe what she was raised on. Yeah, because we know that a lot of times some of like uh, sitcoms, especially older American sitcoms, are very global and watched in places like Europe and stuff like that. And even though Sokovia is a fictional country, obviously it's over kind of in the Russia, Germany area over there in Europe. And uh, so it's very likely that she grew up as a child watching the I Love Lucy's and Bewitched and things like that. Yeah, and so, and we touched out on her, on her already, but here the show cuts to the scene with uh, Geraldine, Monica Rambeau, mm -hmm. and Wanda, and she makes the mention of Ultron, which does not go well for her at all. Um, what's crazy is then Vision, or she, she basically starts harnessing her powers, and I think it's time for you to go. <laughs> Which I, I just have to say, because I love watching uh, Lauren, my fiance's reaction to this, because she loves this show, as do I. I love it very much. But we, we're both very expressive watching this show. And even though we've seen Wanda use abilities in the show, we haven't gotten to see that MCU Wanda really yet. Mm -hmm. So when she puts her hands back, the red energy starts going. She starts doing like the, the hex, like finger gestures and stuff. We both like lean back. We're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, this is this is not boding well. But that break in the scene is, we see she does not like things interfering with what she has presented as reality, and uh, so I guess the 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 veil has been pulled back. Wanda's doing this. This is right. Wanda all the way. Matter and of she fact, cuts she... what Darcy is able to see, but then we transition in and we get to see the event yes. take place we get to see the event take place but we also find out that's where um darcy makes comment someone's censoring the show like they cut footage out and she can't figure out there's something up with the show someone censored it we can't we're not watching what's actually happening we're watching what they want us to see so this is the reality that wanda wants people to perceive and uh not only does she what's funny is visions out in front of the house right in the driveway Right. Wanda throws Monica through the wall that would have led right to the driveway all the way out of reality. Sends her flying through the wall straight through town and out the wall and she lands in the grass, which is where we left off at the end of episode three, right? Right. It's and uh, back. The, the sword people are come surrounding and vision walks in or then she puts everything back together she hides everything exactly as it was nice and natural nothing to see here and then vision walks in and asks a question and we see wanda turn and look at him and we get the this is this is dead vision end of avengers infinity war walking around and so it posed two questions to me one 
Uh, I read somewhere somebody said uh, possibly she lost control of reality. And so she's seeing him not in the way that she wants um, or she she let in the last vision she had of him. Or is this zombie vision walking around and she's just masking what he looks like? I think it could be it could be a multitude of those things. And I think what it is, is she's been letting herself fall into this reality and just get absorbed by it and just become part of it. That when the Ultron mention happens and she breaks character with Monica and like some of the rage comes out, a lot the illusion starts dropping. So like, you know, I'm sure it's a constant thing to keep everything um, with its, with its um, Pleasantville skin on it, vision included. Uh, and there's a sentence that I heard uh, yesterday, I believe, that is almost as comfortable, un- as uncomfortable as the image of vision with a hole in his head. And they said, essentially, Wanda's playing house with vision's corpse. Yes, this was my thought. So whew, this is what I thought is that basically she took his body and reanimated him. Because you got to know he's just his body's floating around somewhere. Did sword have vision's body after infinity war is he the missing person i don't know. <laughs> sorry so he's walking around corpse but we get the white eyes disconnected everything's wrong and it was shocking to the to the senses and um the mind stone's gone mm-hmm. so he's basically dead being either he's been reanimated by her or perhaps it's some weird combination of it but i I immediately felt like, okay, she's got Vision's corpse walking around with her, and she's just masking what he looks like, which is like like a marionette. But then he still helped get her pregnant, so you know, it's science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that moment. But that's also where we find out that the the episode has been completely morphed, and once she clears him back up, then we just see them sitting on the. The couch holding the baby. Everything's fine. Well, and he he asks, he tells her, he's like, Wanda, we don't have to stay here. We can go anywhere we want. And every, the second that she broke character, every emotion and expression made me uncomfortable from Wanda. When mm-hmm. even just the way she looks at Vision, she says, "No, we can't. Don't worry, honey. I have everything under control." I'm like, I don't yeah. like that. So. That's yeah, clearly. Well, and then we we flash to or uh, to Monica Rambo who's laying in the grass, and all the sword people coming around the FBI. They're all checking her out, and her only statement is, "It's all Wanda," which now tells us everything that they've got to figure out. Wanda is creating this universe, and perhaps she sucked everyone who lived in this universe into her game of this town. Or maybe she expelled people and she only kept certain ones, which is why we've seen kind of more of a small community. Uh, but it's, it's strange, very strange. And Wanda's powers now are, she's expressing abilities that are different than what we understood her to have, or at least I, that would have been revealed. And uh, I think there's a lot of importance in that everything's under control line. Since we have known Wanda, and even when she has talked about the past and her upbringing and stuff, everything in her life has been completely out of her control. And the vast majority of it has led to tragedy of one form or the other, whether it's losing her parents, losing her brother, losing vision. Uh, it's all been out of her control. Even when she you know, tried to do the right thing and destroy the Mind Stone and she had to kill vision, 
um, being put in that circumstance was not in her control. And so it's just been one tragic thing after another that has been completely out of her hands. This pocket dimension is her essentially turning into a control freak where she has to be controlled or in control of every little thing. And the second something goes askew, she says, absolutely not. Get out of my town. Yep. And with that, so I just want to touch on, so her powers are that bright red ether type of mm-hmm. feel. And we know that with the reality stones and or with the, um, the infinity stones, the ether is the reality stone. And so, right. or the reality stone comes out. So her powers are very much like the reality stone. So she's created an artificial reality within this town Which in order to do that. interesting because her powers come from the mind stone. Correct. But the way they represent with that red and everything are very much, much so, more yeah. along the lines of what the ether uses um, or what the reality stone uses. In matter of fact, even Thanos, when he changes the reality stuff, it's got that red hue around right. everything. And so it's, perhaps she's tapped into something else as far as the ability to create this alternate reality. Which brings up another interesting point, something that we glanced over briefly, is when they talk of the energy that is surrounding this field, they say it is something ancient, like in the, at the beginning of Earth is where like some of this energy comes from, which brings up multiple questions for me. Is, does, is that trying to correlate the fact that it is as ancient as the Infinity Stones and comes from that or maybe that just her own hidden um dormant powers were unlocked by the mind stone that's all it did and maybe that dormant power is a mutant ability that has been around since the dawn of time and it took the infinity stones to unlock these mutant abilities across the across the world so maybe wanda as i one way or the other kind of predicted uh, before the show started wanda might be responsible for not so much creating but just opening the door for mutants in the Mm -hmm. mcu by unlocking all the powers which is the exact opposite of what she did in the comics which is no more mutants and got rid of them um i think that would be especially considering uh, considering her kids are going to have powers right um with wiccan and speed but then also uh we're talking multiverse of madness we also know that the eternals and the original wielders of the Infinity Stones. And Spider-Man's going to be multidimensional as well. There are so many things that this could tie into that it's really, again, uh, Kevin Faye is so far ahead on these things that he's laying crumbs for us right now. And we're trying to figure out how crumbs fit together to make a, uh, a cake. And it's going to take a lot of crumbs. But the, the idea that she's created this false reality makes me think and her powers being read that it's more tied with the reality stone and those powers um and so i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm really just curious but certainly the tone shape if we're in act two boy what a way to start act two absolutely oh my gosh um and the next two episodes really will round out this middle portion of the the show but what's it what's it laying the groundwork for and who is the missing persons that they were looking for. They never said, is it, uh, so who's the missing person? Who's in the witness protection program? What's going on in the show? Who is Agnes? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, there's a lot of questions still to be answered, uh, which is great. Um, and is that Vision's corpse? <laughs> and consistently what the show is doing is after every week, 
I'm anticipating the next episode more than I was the previous episode, which every week seems impossible because I get more and more excited. But that's where we're at. Episode one and two, because they came out together. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, I was like, eh, well, whatever, for episode three, we'll see what it does. And episode three made me feel like I want to watch episode four now. And episode four makes me want to watch the rest of the whole dang thing in one <laughs> shot. Absolutely, one sitting. Uh, well, you know what? If there's anything they've done, they have left the hanger at the end, that carrot dangling at the end of the episode, desperately making you want more and more and more, uh, which is... Uh, again, a testament to how well they do this is it really, really is good. Yeah, the the mystery of it's fascinating. Um, I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. There's just such a good uh, mystery, and they're slowly pulling back the curtain as much as Wanda does not want it. Um, people have been speculating for a long time. Do we see, because they talked about Wanda being in Multiverse of Madness, but not exactly her role. Is Wanda potentially an antagonist for Doctor Strange 2? Does Marvel have the cojones to go that route? And I think they might, at least for a uh, a certain a certain amount of time. Remember, she started out as an antagonist, so it's kind of like a full a full circle. Well, the question is, for me, that's very possible. She would be great for that um, because she certainly has the powers. The question for me is, in this, who are they going to have to bring in to help shut this down? Um, are they going to be able to talk her off the ledge or what happens if it all shuts down and they take vision's body? Do we see Stephen strange in the final episode? If this is leading to multiverse of madness, somebody has to be able to come in and break the veil or create a portal to get in without having been affected. Absolutely. And Stephen strange might be the only guy that can do that. Um, or he's going to have to reach in and, Again, this is all speculation. Somehow remove Wanda to an all, a different universe. You know, kind of like he dropped Loki through a hole for a half hour. Give Wanda um, to Dormammu <laughs> for a couple of days. Yeah. Go away. Uh, but we also have to remember that now the Infinity Stones are gone, so he can't control time anymore. So everything else is going to be subjective to what he's what he's being handed in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, it certainly... There's so many questions, so many ideas, and knowing that Marvel has all these other properties lined up, uh, it it really gets you thinking about what what could this be? Or they bring somebody like Professor X in to try and talk to her telepathically, or maybe her real daddy. I I had this thought um, before before we wrap things up here. I had this thought uh, yesterday, and I was wondering what if she comes to find out that her Sokovian parents, the ones that raised her, are her adoptive parents. And you know exactly where I'm going with that. Because people are like, well, it's kind of weird that they they messed up Wanda's backstory by having Magneto like not exist in this world. And I'm like, I think there's a way around that. Boss Logic had a... Had a uh, Vigo uh, Mortensen? Vigo Mortensen as yeah. Magneto. And I have never wanted... Listen, I love Michael Fassbender and I want Michael Fassbender as Magneto as much as I can get him. But Vigo Mortensen as an older Magneto... Fantastic. It looks so good. Get him. He's not Again, too busy. All, all these are questions they have laid out well in order for us to be able to digest and figure out what's going on. So it, it was very positive for me. And I um, now I feel like not only am I more invested in the show, but I have some sense of where we may be going. Right. Um, where exactly? No clue. But at least the direction. Uh, now the question is how do they get in to get to Wanda to stop her from whatever she's doing and good luck. 
because right. none of them are have that kind of power. Very excited. We've we've essentially hit roughly the halfway mark, so very excited to see where we go from here. And man, they've covered a lot of ground these last couple episodes. But that that wraps up all of uh, my thoughts, Scott. I believe you as well. Yes, sir. Five more episodes to complete this. Okay. All right. So thank you so very much for joining us on another installment of the Flick in Real Fancast. And as you know, we really want to grow this channel and devote more time and energy into making informative and entertaining content for years to come. This, of course, can only be achieved by support from you guys. So please don't forget to click that subscribe button and hit the bell icon to be notified anytime we release news breakdowns, trailer discussions, or reviews. Speaking of which, we just posted our first trailer reaction to Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla, whichever way that goes. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Make sure to check that out. And until next week, guys, be sure to always keep it real. Thank you.